your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 303 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you were hearing is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And, of course, the Rangers coming off of a nice 3-2 home victory against the Buffalo Sabres last night, a game that the Rangers really needed to win. We've kind of singled out this three-game stretch as being very, very critical to the Rangers as it pertains to their Uh, aspirations of getting back into this playoff chase, climbing the standings a little bit, making up some ground on all the teams that are ahead of them in the standings right now. Of course, you've got this game against Buffalo last night, and now you've got two games against the Devils. And as I've been saying, it's no disrespect to either of those two teams, but coming into the season, I think just about all of us would have said that those are the two uh, weakest teams in the Eastern Division, and the Rangers have to take advantage of this schedule. They were just one and three combined against Buffalo and New Jersey uh, coming into last night's game against the Sabres. So they got to do better against these teams, beat the teams that they should be able to beat. And indeed, the Rangers take care of business last night. A nice 3-2 victory. Big game for Pavel Buchnevich. Igor Shesterkin was really, really sharp in the net. It wasn't his busiest night ever, but it was a classic case of quality over quantity. He stops 22 shots of the 24 that he faced and was really key in getting the Rangers a win. He made a couple of saves in deep that were just fantastic. Uh, there was a save that he made against Jeff Skinner on the doorstep that was uh, highlight reel material. Uh, Another one where he denied Kyle Ocposo back-to-back. We'll talk about those in greater detail in just a second here. But I think we got to start by talking about this just wild beginning to the game here. So 28 seconds into the game, the Rangers take a one to nothing lead on a goal by Pavel Buchnevich. The puck is behind the Ranger net. Adam Fox goes to get it. He circles around. He passes up. Short pass to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad is approaching the Ranger blue line and basically just makes a blue line to blue line pass. Springs Pavel Buchnevich into the attacking zone. Buchnevich goes in right to the doorstep, stuffs the puck home. one nothing Rangers, like I said, 28 seconds into the action. This was a fantastic pass from Mika Zibanejad on this play. He really had to thread the needle there. He really had to uh, use his vision to find Pavel Buchnevich down the ice and kind of a diagonal pass. You know, he had to sneak it between a couple of different Buffalo Sabres players and, uh, you know, just led Buchnevich right into the zone. And Buchnevich was very good in this game as well. In fact, that top line, you know, every time they were out there, it felt like good things were going to happen. Now, I will say that they didn't necessarily keep this up the entire game. I mean, overall, I think it was on the whole, a very solid night for this line. But in this first period specifically, I mean, they looked like they were going to score every single time they were on the ice. Uh, Lafreniere, Buchnevich, and Zibanejad just playing great hockey and uh, creating a lot of scoring opportunities for the Rangers. And great start here. The Rangers really needed a win. They needed to uh, come out and set a tone. And, you know, you've got a team coming into Madison Square Garden here that has been shut out in back-to-back games. So break their spirit a little bit with an early goal. And uh, that's kind of what I was hoping would happen. Unfortunately, just uh, 27 seconds later, Sam Reinhardt scores for the Buffalo Sabres to tie the game at one goal apiece. Basically what happened, uh, you got Keandre Miller and Brennan Smith on the ice together. And it looked like Keandre Miller thought that Brennan Smith had the uh, front of the net covered. So Miller left his area, went over into the corner to play the man and play the puck. And unfortunately, Brennan Smith basically just wiped out. So the pass was wide open. Sam Reinhart received the puck on the doorstep and a beat. Igor Shesterkin in deep to tie the game at 1-1 right there. And this was a crazy stat. I found this out a little bit later in the game. Joe Micheletti pointed this out. But it sounds like 
this is the first time that this has happened where the Rangers and their opponent have each scored a goal within the first minute of the game since 1985. That was Rangers versus Islanders, and you had Mike Bossy and Don Maloney uh, scoring in that game to presumably tie the game at one. I, I assume there were no other goals in that time, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that was before I was born, so... Obviously, it's something that you wouldn't think would happen very often, but 36 years? I mean, that, that's quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, pretty crazy stuff right there. But then the Rangers, they strike back again, and they once again take the lead. And this is a classic case where somebody does not get an assist, but they really deserve to get an assist. And in this case, it's Mika Zibanejad. He does not get an assist on the score sheet, but he made this whole thing happen. He's got the puck in the neutral zone. He's going up the left wing, and the defenseman gets the puck away from Mika, and the puck basically trickles on net. It is played by Carter Hutton. But Mika continues to follow the play. He continues to move over to the right side of the rink and put some pressure on the defenseman. He forces the defenseman into making a bad pass, and Pavel Buchnevich collects the puck. Now, Buchnevich, he held onto the puck forever on this play. He delayed, he delayed, he delayed. And you got to figure, if you had a packed Madison Square Garden, you would have heard a lot of shouts of, shoot, shoot, shoot. I was even doing it from my couch. You know, I just wanted him to throw it at the net here. But... He stayed very patient on this play, moves basically across the slot area to the left side of the net. He shoots back to his right, and the puck goes into the net. It looked like Buchnevich scored, but actually caught a piece of Alexi Lafreniere's leg and goes into the net. So uh, just a fantastic play all around by this entire line here. Uh, Mika Zibanejad really made the whole thing happen. And again, he will not be credited with an assist on this play, but he really deserves one because this scoring opportunity never comes to fruition without him pressuring the puck the way he did here. And Buchnevich, again, kudos for being so patient, kudos for picking his spot, getting the goalie down on the ice, and then finally letting it fly. And Alexi Lafreniere, I mean, people might scoff at this, oh yeah, off his leg and in, you know, whatever, but you know what? He was in position, he read the play, he was at the front of the net like he should have been, and he caught a little bit of a break, and that's fine. You know, earlier in the season, Alexi Lafreniere was not getting the breaks. If this was earlier in the season, you know what would have happened here? Buchnevich would have shot, and the puck would have been going into the net, but it would have hit Lafreniere's leg and bounced away from the net and not gone in at all. So you know what? Lafreniere does get a little bit of a break here, but he's been playing hard, he's been playing well recently, and I think it's a break that he... Uh, that he has earned, and just like that, Lafreniere, two goals and two assists in his last five games, so slowly but surely starting to move things in the right direction here, but just an absolutely wild start to this game. Rangers up 2-1, to one, less than three minutes into the action here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20, and you will get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, two top teams in the NBA's Western Conference battle it out before the All-Star break. Will the Suns and Lakers meet again in the Western Conference Finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. 
We got to talk about Filipino making his long-awaited return to the lineup. Maybe I should have even let off the show talking about Filipino, but I just couldn't get over that crazy start to the game that the Rangers had last night. Of course, going up 2-1 to one, less than three minutes into the action. But Filipino was back. Sight for sore eyes. Obviously, he missed, uh, I believe it was 14 games with the upper body injury. He had a bout with COVID, but he looked very, very good in his first game back. Didn't have any points or anything like that, but had that burst of speed that we're used to seeing from him. One of the fastest players on the Rangers. He ended up with 16 minutes and 8 seconds of ice time. That was actually 6th among Ranger forwards, trailing only Lafreniere, Strom, Kreider, Buchnevich, and Zibanejad. Now, Hedl lined up at center, although he was not taking face-offs because of course, that upper body injury turned out to be a hand injury. So I think they just wanted to keep him away from, uh, you know, possibly re-injuring the hand or putting too much strain on the hand, given that that was the area of his body that was injured. And so they had Kevin Rooney taking the face-offs rather than Filipito. But yeah, again, you know, I think this was a, an encouraging first night back for Filipito. Again, I know he didn't have any points, but that speed was on full display. Uh, he looked like he had a whole nother gear. He looked like somebody who had fresh legs, which uh, makes sense. And he looked like somebody who was very excited to be back in the lineup. And I like the line combination, him, Rooney, and uh, Gautier. You know, you get a little bit of toughness with Rooney. You get some raw ability with Julian Gautier. And you got Filipito, a player who is hopefully just starting to put it all together for the Rangers. It's crazy to think that he's still just 21 years old because it feels like he's been here for a while. But you got to remember, he debuted when he was 19. And he's gone hot and cold, you know, during his first few seasons with the Rangers. But all us Ranger fans got to be keeping our fingers crossed that uh, this is the season that he just puts it all together. And I, I wouldn't even say that he finally puts it all together because, again, he is just 21 years old. He's still a very young player. But uh, to just see more consistency from Philip Hedl and to see that Philip Hedl that we saw last night and the guy that played the first five games of the season for the Rangers, again, it's a very small sample size. He's only appeared in six games this season. But if we get that version of Philip Hedl going forward, uh, we're going to be feeling pretty good about ourselves. And his return is even more vital just by the simple fact that the Rangers are so thin at center beyond Mika and Ryan Strom. You know, you got Howden and Rooney, but they're not really top six options. And obviously, Mika's advantage had to struggle quite a bit this season. He looked a lot better last night. He slowed down a little bit. Uh, as the game progressed, I thought, but so did the Rangers in general. For whatever reason, when Chris Kreider scored in the second period to make the score 3-1 to in the Rangers' favor, that was about midway through the second period, it felt to me a little bit like the Rangers took their foot off the gas, and I try to stay away from cliches on here, but you always hear that cliche about how, oh, well, you know, the two-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. I mean, I don't know. Me personally, I'd prefer the Rangers be up by two goals rather than one goal, but I do understand where that saying comes from. If you're only up by one, you're going to keep the pedal to the metal. You're going to keep, uh, you know, playing your game, staying aggressive, trying to create scoring chances. Whereas if you're up by two goals, maybe you sit back a little bit and, uh, you know, just kind of get away from your game just a tad. But yeah, I mean, again, I would rather my team be up by two goals than one goal. But it did seem like, for whatever reason, after that goal by Chris Kreider, that the Rangers did slow down a little bit, and Buffalo kind of got its game going. They got a goal back at the end of the second period, but the Rangers played a really sound defensive game in the third to go on for this win. We might as well talk about the Chris Kreider goal as well. This was just a heck of a shot by Kreider. Basically, what happens, Fox gets the puck. He passes to his left to uh, Ryan Lindgren. Ryan Lindgren takes the puck into the neutral zone and just very short pass to Chris Kreider. Lindgren actually goes off for a change, but he ends up with the primary assist here. Kreider lets it fly from the top of the left face-off circle, and it looked like he was using the defenseman to screen Carter Hutton, but this was just a, a heck of a shot. Just underneath the crossbar, might have even caught the tiniest little piece of the crossbar, but either way, top shelf from Chris Kreider, and Kreider had a really funny look on his face. He was, uh, you know, kind of celebrating the goal behind the Buffalo net. Buchnevich came over to him, and he was kind of like shrugging and like almost smiling, laughing a little bit. I don't know that he, uh, necessarily expected the puck to go in, but it was a, a perfectly placed shot, just an absolute snipe from Kreider. 
we've talked about this on this show. I mean, this is Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider is having a Chris Kreider season. This is him to a T. Uh, he's cold and he's hot, and he's cold and he's hot. You just hope against hope if you're a Ranger fan that sooner or later he has one of those seasons where he just puts everything together, doesn't go through these prolonged slumps. But, man, when he starts to feel it, I mean, he's as good as anybody in hockey, and he's really lit it up recently. Obviously, he had the recent hat trick against the Philadelphia Flyers. And in his last five games combined, Kreider is now up to six goals and an assist in that time. This is the same guy that 13 games into this season had exactly four goals and zero assists. So, Hot and cold, hot and cold. You just hope that Kreider can stay where he's at mentally and, and just continue to deliver on a nightly basis. The Rangers are going to need him moving forward. And it's nice to see him step up in the absence of Artemi Panarin because, you know, you can't replace Artemi Panarin, but a lot of guys have to pick up the slack. And that's why it's it's so nice to see Kreider enjoying one of these hot streaks at a very opportune time for the Rangers. Nice to see Mika Zibanejad get it going a little bit as well. And he was not as noticeable in the second half of this game, Mika Zibanejad, as he was in the first half of this game. Of course, he had an assist on the first goal, a great pass. He didn't get an assist on the score sheet on the second goal, but he made it happen. Kind of tailed off a little bit toward the end, but Mika Zibanejad moving in the right direction. I think we can all give Mika a break uh, for the performance that he had last night. It wasn't perfect from, you know, the opening faceoff to the final horn, but definitely a step in the right direction for Mika Zibanejad, and you combine that with the fact that Chris Kreider's on fire right now, the Rangers really need that without Artemi Panarin being available. And something else that can easily get lost in the shuffle here, because obviously this was just a great snipe by Chris Kreider on this goal, but Ryan Lindgren picks up the primary assists. Lindgren is now up to eight assists in 20 games this year, and five in his last five games. He also got into a fight with Cousins. We'll talk about that in just a second. But if you guys remember last season, I did say that I think Ryan Lindgren has a little more to give offensively than a lot of people might think. And, you know, you think about Ryan Lindgren, and you think of him as this big, tough, physical, stay-at-home defenseman, kind of a throwback player, and he is all of those things primarily, but I do remember last season, you know, whenever Ryan Lindgren had the puck on his stick, I never thought like, oh man, this this guy doesn't know what he's doing, we're in trouble, move the puck, move the puck. Um, He seems to do just fine, you know, he seems to really pick his spots. He doesn't jump into the rush necessarily all that often or anything like that, but if he's got the puck in the attacking zone, say at the blue line, uh, he tends to make some pretty good passes. He keeps it very simple, and I don't think he goes in deep all that often, you know, behind the net or anything like that, but Ryan Lindgren, plenty capable, keeping the puck alive, making some smart decisions, and he seems to see the ice pretty well, and again, I don't ever expect Ryan Lindgren to get to an Adam Fox type level where we get that kind of offense out of Ryan Lindgren. And Lindgren's main role is always going to be mostly as a stay-at-home physical defenseman who throws his weight around. But I do think we're going to end up getting more offense out of Ryan Lindgren than a lot of people probably anticipated when he first got to the New York Rangers. And we're seeing that so far this season. This is almost kind of a poor example. I mean, I know he got the primary assist on this play, but it's funny because it was just a really short pass to Kreider. Kreider takes the puck into the zone and basically just takes a great shot and, you know, scores. I'm not sure Ryan Lindgren ever even saw the puck go in here because he was actually, right after he passed a Kreider, he headed to the bench for a change. So I'm not even sure he was on the ice when the puck went in or that he saw the puck go in. But either way, Ryan Lindgren gets the primary assist here. And like I said, his fifth assist in his last five games. So it's obviously cool to see. Just seeing, I mean, Adam Fox always stands out. He, he's just a fantastic young defenseman in this league. I'm not sure I would give up Adam Fox for any defenseman in this league right now, especially when you consider how young he is, and it's fun to see him just get better and better, but the same thing is happening with Ryan Lindgren. Ryan Lindgren just continues to get better and better and better, seemingly on a game-to-game basis. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. 
Bet Online offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Evampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. We got to talk a little bit more about Adam Fox, too. And, you know, I mentioned him briefly just a minute ago when we were talking about Ryan Lindgren and how both these guys just continue to get better and better, just both of them in their sophomore season in the NHL. But, man, Adam Fox, I feel like I don't talk about him enough on this show and maybe even people who cover the Rangers in general don't talk about him enough. We all know he's a fantastic player, but that's just it. We don't talk about him that much because you almost start to take him for granted. He's the player on this Ranger team that I think you have to worry about the least because you just put him out there on the top pairing, usually with Ryan Lindgren, and he's going to play great hockey and just take care of business on both ends of the rink. He's going to chip in offensively. He's always going to be in position defensively. He's just becoming a fantastic defenseman in this league. And again, we take him for granted maybe just a little bit. Uh, but last night, take last night, for example, you barely even realize it, but he ends up with another two assists, just like it's nothing. And granted, they were both secondary assists, but on the goal by Pavel Buchnevich to start the game, Fox moved the puck to Zibanejad, who then got the puck to Pavel Buchnevich through the neutral zone. So Fox set up the whole thing, going behind the Ranger net, getting the puck, moving it quickly up to Zibanejad, and just setting the whole goal in motion. And then on the goal by Chris Kreider, again, that was largely due to just being a fantastic shot by Chris Kreider, but Fox to Lindgren, Lindgren to Kreider, Fox gets another assist. He's up to 11 assists thus far this season, and his time on the ice is just crazy. I heard a stat last night. This was the 11th consecutive game where Adam Fox led the Rangers in time on the ice, and that is not at all difficult to believe. First of all, when you're a defenseman, there's only six defensemen active on just about every game night. I mean, every once in a while, you might see a team dress a seventh defenseman. For the most part, it's six defensemen every single night, and Adam Fox, you know, he's going to play on the power play. He's going to play on the penalty kill, and you just want him out there as much as possible because he's a fantastic player. But he's out there for 23 minutes and 47 seconds of ice time last night. That obviously led the Rangers. Second most amount of ice time actually belonged to Keandre Miller, who was out there for 20 minutes and 51 seconds. So nearly a three-minute lead on any other player on the Rangers. He also got a minute and 22 seconds on the power play, as well as a minute and three seconds while shorthanded. And I mentioned that this was his 11th straight game leading the Rangers in time on the ice. I think he might take this streak to the rest of the season, which sounds crazy to think about. But at the same time... When is this ever going to stop? Like, when, when is there ever going to be a game where somebody ends up with more ice time than Adam Fox? I really don't see it happening. This really might continue for the rest of the season. Some people might think I'm crazy saying that, but it seems like a streak that could definitely stay intact. Now, watch, I'll say this, and uh, the streak will end in the next game against the Devils here on Thursday. But I at least see it as a possibility that he will continue to lead the Rangers game in and game out in ice time from now until the end of the season, the end of the postseason, hopefully. We've talked a little bit about Igor Shesterkin on and off basically throughout this entire episode, but I want to highlight a couple of his uh, greatest hits from last night, if you will. Uh, first of all, 
This one happened with the Rangers leading 2-1. to one. About midway through the second period, there's a centering pass that gets to Kyle Ocposo. And I mentioned this a little bit in the uh, intro to the show here, but just two absolutely unreal saves. This is about as good as it gets. Maybe among the best saves that we've seen from Igor Shesterkin all season. Like I said, Ocposo is all by himself right in front of the Ranger net. The pass is right on a tee for him. He takes a shot and... Shesterkin moves to his right, stones him, and then the rebound goes right back to Ocposo, and he tries to go five-hole, or I don't even know if he was trying to go five-hole. He might have just been frantically trying to stuff the puck home, but it looks like it's ticketed for the five-hole, and Igor gets a little piece of it with his stick to turn it aside. So fantastic there. Uh, keeps the Rangers in front 2-1 to one at that point. And obviously for a team like Buffalo that has struggled so much to score goals, you don't want to let them get two goals just about 10 minutes into the game. Maybe they uh, start to catch fire a little bit. It's at least possible, but Igor Shesterkin will have none of it. He keeps the Rangers on top there. And then this one was just about as good. In the second period, there's a centering pass from Lazar to Skinner. Skinner's all alone once again. The pass was just out of the reach of Brennan Smith, and... Shesterkin has to move to his left very quickly. Skinner's looking to bury it from in deep once again, and Shesterkin just gets a piece of it, fully extends his glove, knocks it away, keeps the puck out. Another fantastic save by Igor Shesterkin. Like we said in the intro, it was a case of quality over quantity for Igor Shesterkin in this game, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see who's in net uh, against the Devils on Thursday because both these goalies are feeling it lately. They're both playing well, and it's a far cry from where the Rangers were at in the start of the season where it seemed like the Rangers just couldn't get that clutch save, that clutch goalie performance when they really needed it. And there was a world of reasons why the Rangers started this season 1-4-1, but subpar goaltending play definitely did not help their cause. But both guys have really found their game recently, and it's especially impressive uh, given the fact that they are splitting time, they're in and out of the lineup, and it seems like whoever's number is called, they're going out there and they're getting the job done and they're giving the Rangers a chance to win. And the fact that the Rangers play two straight games against the Devils, I get the feeling we're probably going to see one game go to Igor, one game go to Georgiev. Maybe you give Igor another start because he had a really strong performance last night. So maybe you go back to him on Thursday and then you go to Georgiev on Saturday. But then even as I say this, what if Igor goes out there and, you know, makes 30 saves and the Rangers win 4-1? to one? Uh, do you not go back to him again for the next game against the Devils? I don't know. You know, it's a tough question, but it's also a good problem to have because we're not trying to just figure out which goalie is struggling the least of the two right now. We're trying to figure out which goalie is playing the best of the two, and that's where you want to be, obviously, and, you know, just stellar goaltending performance recently for the New York Rangers from both Igor Shesterkin and Alex Georgiev. Something else I got to call some attention to, the fact that the Rangers only permitted the Sabres to get one power play in this entire game, and that's important because the Sabres have a dangerous power play unit. It might be hard to believe because they really are a team that has obviously struggled quite a bit this season. They're dead last in the Eastern Division, but it seems like whenever they get on a power play, they are very dangerous. They came in ranked number three in the league on the man advantage, if you can believe that. The Rangers' penalty kill is all the way up to number six, and the Rangers, of course, killed off the one power play that the Sabres got, but just a really nice job staying out of the penalty box last night, and it's made even more important by the simple fact that the Sabres have a dangerous power play unit. So what's the best way to counteract that? Don't take any penalties. And we've gotten on the Rangers for taking some undisciplined penalties at other points this season. By that same token, we got to give them a ton of credit for, uh, you know, playing disciplined hockey last night, playing smart, and not letting this dangerous power play unit get a ton of opportunities, just one opportunity to be exact. Of course, there was another penalty later in this game against the Rangers, but it was a fighting major to Ryan Lindgren. Him and Cousins dropped the gloves. Kind of a wild fight behind the Ranger net. A lot of haymakers being thrown. A couple of punches landed both ways. I mean, I think I would call it a draw. You guys can correct me if you think I'm wrong there, but uh, yeah, 
Ryan Lindgren, uh, you know, gets an assist and then gets into a fight later in the game. Hey, he was only missing the goal for the, the Gordie Howe hat trick. So maybe, maybe next time. We'll see what happens. Something else that really caught my attention last night was the amount of ice time that Keandre Miller got on the power play unit. He ends up with two minutes and 32 seconds on the power play. And keep in mind, the Rangers only had two power play opportunities. So he was out there for the vast majority of the two man advantages that the Rangers got. He had significantly more time on the power play than did Adam Fox. I mean, granted, Fox is out there constantly for 5v5 and also on the penalty kill, but Fox only had a minute and 22 seconds of time on the ice on the power play, whereas, again, Keandre Miller had two minutes and 32 seconds, and that's cool to see. You know, early in the season, I think that, like we've talked about on here, it seemed like the Rangers just wanted to have Keandre Miller out there for 5v5 action, not overwhelm him, not put too much on his plate overall, but he's passed the test with flying colors, and you're starting to see him get more time on the power play, get more time on the penalty kill. He was out there for 35 seconds on the penalty kill as well, and that's just really cool to see. His role is just continuing to expand, and it's funny because there was a stretch there where Keandre Miller was out of the lineup, and obviously Tony D'Angelo is long gone, and Jacob Truba has been out of the lineup as well, and I saw some Ranger fans you know, on social media getting on David Quinn a little bit because the Rangers were putting Anthony Potato and even Brennan Smith out there on the power play, but for me, it was kind of like, well, that's kind of the only option because obviously Adam Fox is going to uh, be on the top power play unit. He's going to be the one defenseman out there. What other options were there for the second power play unit if you don't have Tony D'Angelo, which obviously the Rangers are not going to have him, if you don't have Jacob Truba, who's out injured, and if you don't have Keandre Miller, who was out injured at the time as well. There's very limited options. I mean, I suppose you could go with five forwards, but you don't really see teams do that all that often, and I don't think I've seen the Rangers do that all season. I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong there, but I don't recall the Rangers ever putting five forwards on the ice for a power play. So really, you were down to, those were your options. It was Anthony Potato or Brennan Smith. But now that Keandre Miller's back, you can tell he's going to be a big part of this power play unit going forward, especially while Jacob Truba uh, continues to sit with an injury. We'll see how they look to play it when Truba comes back. Maybe all three. Maybe all three guys get time on the power play. Maybe Fox is out there. Maybe uh, Truba and Miller are out there together on the second unit. We'll see how the Rangers look to play it. But it is nice to have those options, and it's really nice to see Keandre Miller uh, continue to have his role expand on this team and continue to see him uh, gobble up minutes on the power play. I figure we might as well wrap up today by taking a quick look at the Devils. Obviously, we'll preview tomorrow night's game in a little bit greater detail in tomorrow's episode, but we might as well take a look here. Bottom line, the Devils have been struggling. They've lost five out of their last six games. All five of those losses were in regulation, and the Rangers and Devils play in New Jersey tomorrow. The puck drops at 7 p.m., but that doesn't mean the Rangers can take this team lightly because it's a team that has defeated them twice this year in each of their prior two matchups. And so the Rangers are going to have to bring it. you got to figure the Devils are going to be up for this game. It's a rivalry game. I mean, granted, just about every game this season is a rivalry game. But you got to figure they're going to come in desperate. And the Rangers need to match that desperation, match that urgency, because the Devils aren't just going to roll over and die for them. And again, it's a team that's beat them twice already this season. So Rangers are going to have to bring it, put their best foot forward, treat this like it's a playoff game. Again, this is a huge stretch, this three-game stretch from last night's game against Buffalo to tomorrow night's game against New Jersey to Saturday's game against New Jersey. Huge. The Rangers have to come away with at least four, five, six points in this three-game stretch here. These two games against the Devils also mark the start of a six-game road trip for the New York Rangers. They're going to have to be road warriors. And for what it's worth, the Rangers are 5-6-2 and two at home this season. They are 3-3-1 three, three, and one on the road. Make of that what you will. I mean, those records are fairly comparable. But it is worth pointing out that in each of the prior two seasons, the Rangers have been a better road team than a home team. So we'll see what happens. Maybe the Rangers are right in their element here, uh, taking a little road trip and, uh, you know, playing two games against the Devils, followed by two games in Pittsburgh, followed by two games in Boston. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Obviously, they're definitely going to be tested over this six-game stretch.
Some other news from around the league that I wanted to mention here as well. Kind of bummed me out to hear this, but Derek Stepan going to be out for the season due to a damaged labrum in his dislocated shoulder. I am not a doctor, but that does not sound like a lot of fun. And obviously, it's really unfortunate that uh, you know Derek Stepan's going to have to miss this season. The Rangers obviously traded him in the deal that sent himself and Antti Ranta to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Tony D'Angelo and the pick that turned out to be Leas Anderson. Stepan has kind of tailed off in recent seasons. He had a good first season with the Coyotes. And then, of course, this past offseason, after spending three years in Arizona, he was traded from Arizona to the Ottawa Senators in 20 games this season with the Sens. He had one goal and five assists. So, again, you know, Derek Stepan's play has tailed off a little bit in recent seasons, but just seemed like a really good guy when he was with the Rangers. Just a solid, reliable player. You could always count on him. And, of course, I'll always remember that Game 7 overtime winner. I'm sure a lot of you guys will as well against the Washington Capitals, sending the Rangers to the Eastern Conference Finals that season. But Derek Stepan was so much more than just that one moment. You know, he just really, just a rock-solid, consistent player for this New York Ranger franchise for a lot of years there. And uh, somebody you could just count on. Just a very reliable player and just a total bummer that he's obviously going to have to miss uh, the rest of the season here. All the best to Derek Stepan. Hopefully he gets healthy and can come back next season and get back to being a productive player in this league. That's going to do it for today. And tomorrow's episode is something that we're definitely going to look at. I think it might be kind of the theme of tomorrow's episode is the rumors with Jack Eichel. Because as we've talked about on here, his name is constantly coming up in trade rumors. And obviously the Rangers are always one of the first few teams mentioned. It's a deal that really could happen. I'm going to look at it tomorrow, talk about some of the pros, some of the cons, see if it's a trade that makes sense and see what the Rangers might have to give up in a deal that would yield them Jack Eichel. So I thought about talking about that today, but I didn't want to just mention it. We've been mentioning it here and there. Tomorrow, I want to spend a good chunk of time on the Jack Eichel trade rumors. So definitely come back for that. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.